0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, it is another edition of Billy Sadam, your host James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, September the 25th, and sadly... I come to you after a Phillies loss yet again yesterday in Colorado, their fifth straight, after losing four in a row against Atlanta in, you know, arguably their most important games of the season. If you didn't believe that they were already out of it by then, but get pounded last night 10 to 1. And uh, for the first time since April the 10th, the 10th of April. This Phillies team is back to 500 at 78 and 78. Certainly a um, a capping moment to this. You know, it's not monumental. Feels a little too strong, but significant slide that they've been on. Just a, a atrocious record in September. Bad record in August. Just um, really didn't show up the last couple months of the season, as we've talked about. Phillies, again, lose 10-1 to last night. Reese Hoskins is a 33rd homer of the season, accounts for the only run. Eflin gets pounded, and that's about all she wrote for that one, as, again, the Phillies now at five hundred again, playing a Rockies team last night that fighting for their playoff lives as uh, opposed to a Phillies team that, as we all know, eliminated from competition. So you expect the Rockies to have more to play for, but... (laughs) Man, it was like 8 nothing before you could blink, it felt like, but uh, whatever. It is what it is. This team has obviously kind of mailed it in for the season, and uh, and look, that, uh, that happens. It is unfortunate considering how fun it was earlier this season and how it did get people back invested just in time to break their hearts, right, but... Ultimately, the beautiful thing, as I believe, is that there is a lot of hope for the future, especially when you consider how this team is situated heading into the off season in terms of the amount of money that they have to spend and the assets that are already in place. I know that, um, look, It it definitely feels like after this slide at the end of the season, that there are almost more questions than answers here with this team right now, which can be frustrating. And later we're actually going to get into the 10 biggest questions of the offseason. But speaking of the offseason, let's start with the idea that, uh, you know, speaking of questions that Ken Rosenthal reported that the uh, every single Philly on the roster except for Aaron Nola and, and um Reese Hoskins is available for a trade. So uh, look I like that mentality that um, you know you're always willing to make a deal but at the same time um, it it just exemplifies how many question marks there are with this team and again we'll get into it but um, it is a little frustrating because you feel like right now after this season you should have come away knowing that Scott Kingery is the answer or Nick Williams or Aaron Altair is the answer or whatever. And we'll get into all of it, but um, I get it. I get I it. was frustrating, but I also believe that this team is in a great situation in terms of how they are situated to attack this offseason. So speaking of the offseason, here's what I want to do. I wanted to dive in here and uh, well, real quickly, uh, just on the Rosenthal report, I do believe that Any general manager should be available or should have their ears open for any player who isn't a cornerstone piece, no matter what. That doesn't mean that they will trade any or many of them. But um, I also don't think it's great that it gets out in the public. That's the kind of thing that while teams should be open for business in these situations, maybe um, you don't want every single player on the team feeling like they're expendable. But regardless, I do agree with the concept that at least of the players on the major league roster, depending on what the trade offer was, you know, if you're trading for a Mike Trout or whatever, pie in the sky, we'll see. But, um, you know, anyone is available except for Hoskins and Noah feels fair to me. But again, I don't <laughs> think they will trade a lot of the people on the roster. So let's dive in and do the 10 biggest questions of the off season right now as we, Start to look ahead as this team obviously has um has finished their season in terms of contention and seems to be finishing out the string with uh, with a lackluster effort. So looking ahead, let's dive in and talk about the ten biggest questions in my mind at least heading into this off season. First and foremost, and uh, these are in uh, no particular order, except the last one to me is the most important one. Otherwise, they are in no particular order. Let's start at third base with the question of do they keep or trade Michael Franco? We just talked about the Ken Rosenthal report about anyone on the roster being available in a trade. And Franco seems like the kind of guy who at the age of 25, coming off a season where he hit 270 with 20-plus home runs and um, you know hampered by injuries at the end, but is a solid defensive third baseman. Not great, but solid and will make some really nice plays. You see you could see how you could sell Franco on another team for a potential trade partner, especially if like it appears with the way they handled him this year and benching him for Crawford at one point and all that before Crawford got hurt, that they don't necessarily look at Franco as a long term answer, but I think that's gonna be a really interesting situation this offseason. And of course, um, you know, depending on who they sign in free agency um, that that could kind of tell us what they think of Franco, whether they've traded, you know, if, if they've not traded him yet. But um, I do think the question of Michael Franco and how this team views him after what was unquestionably a uh, you know positive step forward type season for him at the age of 25, you know, soon to be 26. Um, he he played well again, 270 average, but still. Reverted to a lot of the old bad habits that we saw from him—the opening up, the stance, the um, you know uh, inability to have any consistency with his offensive approach. But it's an interesting case. It's interesting to see how the Phillies view him and also how the rest of the league views him if they do decide they want to see what they can get for him. Question number two applies to another guy. Same question though: keeper trade. Cesar Hernandez because obviously there is uh, other people on the roster who can play second base. We'll get to that. But um, Cesar had a nice year for this team. Uh, Certainly did a good job out of the leadoff spot. A nice high OBP which is what they want. Solid defensive second baseman. Far from good. But I don't know if he's someone that they believe in long term either. And I think he's certainly someone based on the amount of years of team control he still has left and the position he plays and the ability to get on base that could be a value to another team so I think saves are whether he saves or goes similar to Franco an interesting situation for this team moving forward As I think those are two of the big questions and that leads into the third question very steadily as I mentioned then um, you know like Scott Kingery what position is he right Uh, We saw him play shortstop a lot this year, more than any other player on the team. And he adjusted well. He grew over the course of the season. I wouldn't say he's a good shortstop yet, but he certainly became serviceable and showed some range, showed the arm ability to handle it. So I thought he improved there, but he's a second baseman by trade, as we know. And... Um, I do believe, obviously, the organization made a financial commitment to uh, to him before the season. But I also believe that this organization is smart enough to not bail on a kid after his age 24 season, jumping to the majors with no experience and kind of getting thrown into it. And he did start to play better over the second half of the season. So I'm not bailing on Scott Kinger either. I'm just wondering where they envision him next year, whether he could be a shortstop, second baseman. And I know there are other factors that play into that, as we discussed with Cesar and if they sign free agents or whatever. But I think that's going to be an interesting situation to watch as I do believe Kingery will be starting for this team next season. Um, The question is where? Uh, All right, question number four. Let's stick with the, the theme of what position are they? Reese Hoskins, obviously just a... Awful season as the left fielder of the Phillies. A nice season offensively. As we mentioned earlier, his 33rd home run of the season last night, but just an abysmal left fielder. The worst or one of the worst in the league, and not a much better first baseman, but I would say certainly better at first base than left field, and maybe less damaging there as well. And you also have Carlos Santana signed to a $20 million contract. Rosenthal pointed out that Santana unlikely to get moved of the players who were quote unquote available, who are everyone other than Hoskins and Nola. But um, look, they've tried him out at third base a bit. We just talked about Franco. I don't know if Santana at third base long-term is an answer. If he had a whole off season to work at it, could he do it? Who knows? But, I think Santana is going to be on this team next year. And I think Hoskins is going to be on this team next year. And what position Hoskins is at and uh, ultimately what position Santana is at as a result, I think is one of the most interesting questions heading in to this offseason as well. All right, question number five. As we veer away from the what position theme and uh, mentioning multiple uh, positions, as we will get to a couple of big names later, I think. You know what we're talking about, but um, if those things don't happen, or more likely in addition to a big name potentially, who else could the Phillies target in free agency? There are some interesting names. I don't think there are any first baseman they go after uh, because of the aforementioned clog already there. Same with second base. Shortstop, um, Elvis Andrews out of his contract. I don't see them paying anyone a, a lot of money. Uh, rather than Kingery or Crawford or whatever. We'll see what they want to do there. Or I don't know if Manny Machado wants to come here and play shortstop. We'll get to that as well. Um, so I think that uh, there, there there are some decent options at shortstop, but more likely you look at their base, Eduardo Escobar, a nice option, traded to the Dimebacks at midseason, had a great year between there and Minnesota, uh, 30 years old, a uh, nice option. Josh Donaldson, older 33 right now has had some injury problems playing for the Indians right now after a August 31st trade. But um, Donaldson, who knows, for a one-year or two-year prove-it contract type of thing or, you know, not super expensive contract. I think that's a interesting name to look at as well. And moving on, outfielders, I don't think they will add an outfielder again seems like they have enough on the roster and might be adding a bigger name there, but if they did want to look there, a few of the interesting names at that position, Michael Brantley, uh, 32 years old now, a nice hitter, um, has had some injury issues. I don't know if they'd want to spend on him. AJ Pollock, same deal, but probably a better player all around than Brantley, but also a center fielder. Phillies have Quinn and we will get to that, but um, should be interesting there as well. Guys like Andrew McCutcheon on the market as well, and then... Um, looking at the starting pitcher market, uh, I think there's a real chance they add one. We'll get to that as well, whether who stays, who goes. I don't know if they do add one or not, but if I had to bet, I would bet on it. Uh, a question of whether they had a high-end one or a low-end one. The high-end ones, Patrick Corbin's there, Dallas Keuchel's there. Um, And then a little bit lower down than them, guys like Charlie Morton and uh, J.A. Happ and Lance Lynn, who had a nice second half for the Twins, I think are nice names to look at. And uh, I think those guys could be options. Corbin could cost a lot of money, had a nice kind of breakout year here, but... Interesting names. Is I think the Phillies could target a starter just with the money they have to spend, depending on what the contracts bear out to be, uh, especially if they wait out the market in certain spots. And then uh, relief pitcher wise, a ton of talent on the relief pitcher market, depending on what they want to spend for a potential closer or a late inning guy to pair with Sir Anthony. But Kimball's on the market. Obviously, it'll cost some money, but um, certainly has been really good for a long time. Adam Adevino out, out in Colorado has been awesome. Um, He is nasty, one of the best relievers in baseball this year. Uh, I'm sure he'll get paid, but might be worth the money. Uh, David Robertson from the Yankees, nice pitcher. Familia, Romo, Sergio Romo, uh, Andrew Miller, a lot of talent at the relief pitcher spots. That could be interesting to monitor as well as uh, I'm sure the Phillies will certainly add there. It's a question of how much they add and who stays and who goes. All right, that is five questions coming up. Five more as we do our ten questions, the ten biggest questions heading into the Phillies' off season. As uh, as we continue to mourn the twenty eighteen season and look ahead to a fun off season, hopefully and beyond. So uh, that is coming up. Plus, we'll look ahead to uh, tonight's game against the uh, the Rockies as the Phillies look to get back above five hundred. As so hopefully, maybe they can finish out above five hundred. Wouldn't that be cool? All that and more coming up. It's Phillies today, James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies, today, James Seltzer, as we are looking at the 10 biggest questions facing this Phillies team this offseason, and sure, there are a ton of questions, but these are the 10 biggest in my mind, and, uh, and certainly um, some interesting things to look at is how they will build this roster moving forward. Uh, last question we discussed was free agency and who they might target, couple of big names we'll get to as well but um some interesting names out there but as we've discussed there are also a lot of positional battles on this team or position uh players who we don't know what their future is here and i think with our sixth question i think we have to address one who um for a couple years was the best player on the team and all-star and uh and started this year off with a bang and then ended it with the longest of saddest of whimpers is Odubel Herrera who really again obviously started the season off with the on-base streak was doing great and then all of a sudden just um, went on one of his cold streaks and never turned it around and was bad defensively after having a really good year the, uh, out there the year before um, and obviously made some really highlight type plays but wasn't able to transfer that over um, and have any consistency there and, and had Hoskins and left which probably didn't help but tough season for Odubel. so who is Odubel Herrera and what will the Phillies do with him uh, is, a, is a real question. You know, He has a great contract, so he's an asset. I think no matter what, if they want to trade him, I'm sure they could find someone who would want to take a shot on him for that price, but I also think there's value there if they can figure out a way to harness it and figure out why he's so streaky or even what to do to maybe make him slightly less streaky or whatever, but um, I think Odubo rare is going to be a really interesting question, what happens with him this offseason. Question number seven. Eflin, Pavetta, Velasquez, who's in, who's out for the rotation next year? Are they all in? And, again, we mentioned uh, the concept of free agency and who they might sign and who they might not. So that certainly plays a role in this as well. But I think you could safely bet that, Two of them will be there, maybe three. They said they believe Velasquez is a starting pitcher. We know they like Eflin after they didn't trade him for Manny Machado. And Pavetta, I think, showed the most upside of the three with his strikeout to walk rate and the ability to make hitters swing and miss in the high-end stuff. I think worst case, is a, a bullpen arm, a high-end, high-end bullpen arm. But um, it's going to be really interesting. And to see how these guys respond to, to – their innings limit, uh, you know, kind of high end career innings set that they have done this year, and how they respond next season, the beginning and after that. So I think that's going to be a really interesting question. Is I am not sure who is in, who's out. That's why it's a good question. But um, I could certainly see a situation where all three are, and I could see a situation where only one or two are. So it's going to be interesting. Question number eight, Alfaro. Williams, Crawford, Altair. It doesn't sound like a question, I know, but these are the type of guys we need to know more about. And we had hoped that we would have some firm answers on them after the season. And I think of that group, Jorge Alfaro, the one we could feel the best about in the sense that I think we just really saw some serious tools for a guy at that position from him the ability to throw the way he does, the ability to hit the ball 10,000 miles the way he does, and um, I just think there's a lot of upside with that guy's athleticism is speed. He is uh, has just all the the tools you could ever want in a catcher, and the upside is just so high, and I think we saw a lot of that this year, so I think he's the one where you feel the best about, but um, Crawford, who knows, injured so much this season, and also incredibly young, the youngest of all of them, younger than Kingery, Rees, all those guys, the young guys, 23 for Crawford, and um, once a big time prospect, a pedigree family in terms of, you know, uh, uh, you know that kind of stuff. Um, you know, was a, a big time athlete. I, I don't know. I just I, I feel like he deserves a little more time. The fielding struggles surprised me, but um, I also think that ultimately uh, there could be something there, and he's certainly shown some things hitting over the uh, the last month or so of the season since coming back up. So. It should be interesting, and uh, Altair and Williams, who knows? I think that also depends on free agency moves and where they move guys around. We saw nice things from William Williams. I think it'd be hard to still expect a lot from Altair, but he's also shown really nice things in the major leagues before, so... Um, I think that's going to be a really interesting uh, group and who's a part of the future and who's not. We still don't have an answer. I would say Alfaro really showed us the most this year, though. All right. Two questions to go. Question number nine. It's more of a a theoretical question, a philosophical question. When will the fan base stop hating Gabe Kapler? Obviously, I've been very pro Gabe Kapler on this show. I believe in the guy. I think he's going to be a really good manager, I think. He did a lot with a little at times this year and and learned as it went on. And again, I I really believe in him long term, but um, I know that I am in the minority when it comes to this fan base and they have just had enough with uh, the way he talks, the way he thinks, the positivity, the moves that he makes, unconventional stuff, all that stuff. And um, it's going to be really interesting to see if that carries through the offseason, if certain signings can ease that. If it is the beginning of next season we come back and Kappler is is just getting skewered immediately. So I think that's gonna be a really interesting situation to see how it plays out. Um hopefully the fan base with some time and some perspective to you know really think about it and 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 realize that they don't necessarily need to um you know kill Kappler for his first season and, and to give the guy a chance but I also think that a lot of people really expect him to be fired or something after this year and the way they collapse. And, and I just, I don't think that's going to happen. That, that never really happens with managers. It's it's rare to see them only go one year, especially when their team improves on wins by 12, 13, 14, 15, whatever it ends up being. So um, give Kepler a chance. That's my message there. And uh, finally, question number 10, the most important question, will it be Harper or Machado? I've said a ton of times. I believe they're getting one of the two. Look, it could be both. There are real reports out there with that. I don't believe that it will be just because it seems far-fetched. We've never seen anything like that. But if there was any team that had the, uh, you know, salary to do it, the um, owner willing to do it and all that type of stuff, I think that could be it. So who knows? Either way, they're getting one of them. Mark my words. Mark down the time. Remember the date. Uh, they're getting one of them. I feel incredibly confident about that. I've said it for a long time. I've said it before the season started. When I thought this team was pegging 2019 to, to make their moves. And a Harper Machado type of thing, either or one or both, would be a move. And I think they're going to do one of them. I, I would bet on Harper if I had to bet on one of the two, but... I think they're both totally in play. And, uh, and man, how awesome would that be? I would love to have Bryce Harper here or Machado, but I would love to have Bryce Harper. Um Either way, that, obviously, for me, the biggest question mark of the offseason, the thing that will set this franchise in one direction or another, unless, of course, there's a Mike Trout trade or something crazy that happens. But for now, that is the biggest thing. All right, tonight the Phillies get back at it in Colorado. Vincent Velasquez. Against Chad Bettis is uh, look rough one last night again ten to one loss out there in Colorado it's always fun to watch baseball in Colorado you know the the balls fly out and uh, you know I like the the colors of the uniform the and the stadium the purples and the blacks and all that and it just feels cool out there but man that was not a fun game to watch last night so let's hope that it's a little better tonight can't be much worse as they say as that was just a a rough one uh but look uh we're playing for over 500 hopefully this team can do it obviously it's hard to have a lot of faith with the way they've played lately but they um they are in position to do it and again, either way this offseason monster crucial the biggest in recent memory if not ever for this franchise so uh we will continue to talk about it continue to Again, mourn the 2018 season. And, and again, in my mind, look ahead to a, a bright future beyond in 2019 and beyond. So again, thank you for listening to Phillies Day. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, keep it here. We got you covered all day long right here on the Phillies 24-7 network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue.